Assalamu alaikum, peace be unto you, and welcome to yet another edition of Mississippi on the Move. I'm your brother Abdul Shahid Muhammad. And I'm your brother Kenneth Muhammad. And we're off and running, Brother Kenneth, in the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful. I bear witness that there is but one God, regardless to the land, label, or language we choose. We thank Him for all of the prophets and for all of the scriptures that were revealed through them. 
please allow us to greet you with the greeting words of peace in the language of all of the prophets of our Almighty God, of Isalam Alaikum, and those words to our audience simply mean, may peace be unto you. And certainly, Brother Kenneth, in a time like this, man, we really, really, really need some peace. What you say, brother? Uh, yes, sir, but I agree with you 100%. Anytime that we can offer love and peace in a world that's going to as far astray as the one we're living in, that's what we have to do. We have to bring more love and, and unity and that positive energy in everything we do. Um, the societal discourse is always heated. It's filled with uh, vitriol. So the only way to combat that is with uh, love and right guidance. Yes, sir, brother. And I'm going to ricochet off of those words, man, speaking of peace and positivity and love that you just mentioned, man. We're going to have a bright spot tonight. We're going to be celebrating the Nation of Islam's prison reform ministry, the history, the value, and the transformative power of the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad as taught by the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and represented by his many students in the prisons throughout America. So we have uh, a lineup for you tonight, brothers and sisters, of information and we're probably going to have some brothers that are listening that have been the beneficiaries of the message of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan while incarcerated and the value and the transformative power and effect that it has had on their lives as they have reentered society and have become very, very productive men and women. So, Brother Kenneth, man, there's a lot coming up, man. And hey, and hey, this is your wheelhouse right here, isn't it, brother? Well, brother... Um just having that particular experience you know the one thing i always said um prison was something that uh i went through it didn't define me though mm -hmm. and so um when the discussion is going on dealing with criminal justice or the prison industrial complex having uh experienced that you know you have a certain insight uh you can study it you can talk about it um all of those things but there's no uh, substitute uh, for that experience. So uh, it's something that I'm passionate about. Uh, I understand the ramifications of finding yourself uh, one day uh, locked up in the belly of the beast, um, full of uh, despair, not knowing what the next day is going to be, living in survival mode day in and day out. So I'm thankful to Almighty God Allah for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam's Prison Reform Ministry under the guidance, under the leadership of Minister Farrakhan's student National Prison Reform Minister, Brother Abdullah Muhammad. And while we're on that subject, uh, November the 5th, I want to keep that out in front. Uh, down in Holly Springs, Mississippi, we're having the fourth annual Prison Reform Gala where we will be commemorating 32 years of service, 32 years of labor in that position as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, student national prison reform minister, a brother who has crisscrossed the country several times, a brother that you will see always standing up uh, for those who are incarcerated, being the voice for the voiceless. And right now he's uh, out there uh, stumping the... Uh, Bushes, so to speak, and speaking right now, particularly to the political prisoners, we have those of us who, through what was known as the Black Power Movement, uh, were victims of the uh, COINTELPRO, the counterintelligence program 
that was uh, disseminated uh, by the government of the United States. And many of these uh, brothers and sisters have been languishing in the many prison houses of America for 35, 40 years. And many of them are his health is obviously failing them. Uh, they're getting up in age. So it is Brother Abdullah who was out on the point and trying to bring that conversation back out because some kind of way uh, we've forgotten about those uh, who has paid the ultimate price. So I'm excited about tonight's program. Seems like the phone's already jumping, brother. Chomping at the bit to get on, so let's let's get yes, started. Yes, sir. Brother. This is, sounds like Brother James is on. I'm gonna bring him in on. Assalamu alaikum, Brother James. You there, sir? Well, sir. How you doing, black man? I'm doing good, beloved. Well, great. Man. I, you can, go ahead, sir. Yes, sir. I'm the first one to call. You are the first caller, Brother James. I knew brothers were going to be listening, man. And when we put that uh, word out there, we're going to be celebrating the Nation of Islam's Prison Reform Ministry. You are on live, Brother Mississippi on the Move. Our audience hear you, and Brother Kenneth uh, Muhammad is here with me. Brother, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing beautiful. I pray due to Allah's right state of mind, ready to people. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> Brother, brother, just uh, introduce yourself to the audience and, and tell us what was yes, it. Yes, sir. Your name is Brother James H.C. Neutral. I did 20 years in the Tennessee Department of Correction. Wow. Uh, I've been standing and walking my post stand for the past 20 years. I did 20, I mean, for the past 30 years. I did 20 years inside of the prison with Brother Keller. If it wasn't for him, I would have never came back into the ranks. I had fell out of the and Ramadan had started, and the brother told me to come on home. <laughs> and I've been there since. Well, he's sitting here listening that you give your testimonial, brother. Yes, sir. Well, brother, all yes, praises sir. are due to Allah. How is your family, brother, and your, uh, how's life treating you so far? Well, I've been doing 20 years. When I first got out, it was a struggle. But once I started applying the teachings of the Muslim lies, Muhammad, everything just came into fruition. And I take the teaching everywhere I go. Even though I'm out of sight, but I'm never out of mind. Praises be to Allah. Brother, we're, we're highlighting this, and we thank you. We certainly thank you, brother, for calling, and we certainly appreciate that you would take time out of your schedule to just share with us and our audience. Uh, what the teachings have done for you. So what are you doing now, brother? Right now I'm still selling the paper and I'm working on a book at, as, as a matter of fact. Wow. Called okay. For he come out of prison, although he was born part of in his kingdom. Please ask me 414. I'm working on a book. Wow, very good. See, those are the kind of things that uh, this teaching inspire us to do. Uh, once we have a brush with them. And uh, as I pray to Allah, brother, that he will bless you in your endeavor to uh, write your book. And uh, just let us know, brother, when it publishes, because I certainly will support you and purchase one of your books, brother, because it's a powerful testimony that a man can do that amount of time, come out, reestablish himself, and uh, uh, be able to, to write a book and to get with his family and just get back on what we say in Islam is Saratul Mustaqim 
Gospel and English, yes. the straight path. So, Brother James, you make you make sure you stay on that straight path, brother. And uh, whenever you so desire, make sure you make sure you tune in to Mississippi on the move on the regular. I don't know. You want to give a shout to Brother Kenneth before you get out of here? How you doing, brother? Tell him I appreciate you, brother. And it wasn't for you out and never got back on my post. I did twenty, and I've been out twelve now. And I take the teaching that you gave me back in everywhere I go. Oh, praise be to Allah, brother. Uh, it was Allah that raised you. I just was a mechanism that was used at the right time. It was already there. You just had to be uh, reminded. So the Quran teaches us that a reminder is good. So, uh, brother, I love you and always been very, very proud of you, man, and honored to be your brother. Yes, sir. I'm going to always be the next day long prison reform student, James J.C. Newsom. Yes, sir. Praise be to Allah. All right. All right, my brother James. May Allah bless you, brother. We'll get you. Yes, sir. Assalamu alaikum. Yes, sir. Assalamu brother Kendall and brother T. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. That was one of our brothers. Hey, brother, we didn't even get to the axioms, man, before the phone started jumping. Well, you know, sometimes you got to be able to uh, call an audible. Yes, sir. And and just go with it, you know. But the thing about it, with brothers like Brother James and many brothers, you know, I can just speak uh, very briefly about myself because most times when you um, are incarcerated, you lose all hope. Depending on what your time is, you know, you don't have any uh, aspirations. You try, Like I say, you're trying to make it. And then if you're serving heavy time, you know, imagine the brother's given life. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, how you begin to do that? Mm-hmm. And so you, you have to get your mind into a place where you can accept uh, being caged in, being accept not having, you know, your freedom and your liberties. And that's something that, that takes a while. And you find something to help you cope because the penal institutions are not set up for rehabilitation. They're not set up to help you deal with the emotional stress, the emotional triggers that may have caused you to even be in there. They are basically uh, herding you in like cattle and locking you in your cell, giving you some rudimentary freedoms, right, and working you as like a new kind of slave in the industrial complex is making many of the things that uh, we use out here for pennies on the dollar. And then uh, if you make it out, that same job that you did 25 years, you can't even uh, get it because they say you are ex-felon. Mm-hmm. And so there has to be something, is, is what I'm saying, to offset what an individual finds themselves in. So the Nation of Islam Prison Reform Ministry is that mechanism that has caused so many to uh, transform their lives. I think we have a caller. Yes. Well, while we get the caller ready, I'll just keep on. As I was saying, with the Nation of Islam Prison Reform Ministry. It's a mechanism that allows the individual to hear a particular teaching that will inspire them, will motivate them, and give them the tools to transform their life. And it's very difficult because you're dealing with individuals who have been indoctrinated into a society that has allowed them to um, 
continue uh, other than self, I would like to say. And sometimes you can promote criminality without even uh, really uh, trying. So the Nation of Islam Prison Reform Ministry and the primary uh, tools that we use are the study guides entitled Self-Improvement, the Basis for Community Development. And in those study guides, there are a, it's an intensive curriculum designed and centered around self-analysis, self-examination, self-correction, with the emphasis on the word self. So in the Nation of Islam, we're not looking at and blaming or playing the victim card. We are really analyzing and examining ourselves to correct errant behavior that more likely than not has been indoctrinated us from the environment and circumstances that we have found ourselves in. So the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has stated so eloquently that true prison reform starts with the enlightenment of the inmate of who he is in reality and not what he or she has become because of the circumstances. He says true prison reform uh, reconnects the soul to his creator, then begins to provide those human needs. Then you'll see a change in attitude, which leads to a change in behavior. Yes, sir, brother. That caller, we unfortunately we couldn't get him in some kind of connection problem. But uh, dear brother, uh, please uh, try to call back, and uh, we welcome calls from particularly brothers uh, that uh, have shared experiences as it relates. Brother Kenneth, uh, the. Uh, the um, recent violence that we've seen happening uh, in the communities, the recent violence we've seen has prompted many to call for truth and sentencing. And it, and it rings of the, the 80s and 90s mantra that many political uh, candidates use, the tough on crime, tough on crime, tough on crime, and lock them up. And I still yet to hear, uh, coming from those talking heads, uh, deeper solutions to the problem. Now, this is not to say that we are against, per se, holding people accountable for their actions. But we know what happens is there's a very, very heavy-handed approach, and inordinate sentences are given uh, by the criminal justice system, particularly to black men, and uh, we catch the brunt of that kind of uh, uh, dog whistle politically, if you will. What are your thoughts, brother? Well, we, when you hear those kind of things, what you have to do, uh, Brother Shahi, is understand that prisons is as American as apple pie. Uh, America was basically uh, founded as a penal colony. When you study the history and those who were brought over here, our ancestors were brought over here in captivity and they basically were imprisoned on the plantation. Now, when you talk about law and order, if you go back to the Nixon administration and you, you coming up out the black power movement and what you were seeing was the consciousness. And again, J. Edgar Hoover and the counterintelligence program said that they were on the lookout for a black messiah who could do what? Unite the militant aspect of the movement. And so they saw young black men as a threat. So... Uh, Nixon would use the word law and order, tough on crime. And that's a dog whistle to a white supremacist mind. And what that is, I'm the one that's going to keep these darker people in check. Mm -hmm. Vote for me. 
So they had to promote an agenda and sell it to the American people. There's principally five P's to control. Who are you trying to control? You're trying to control a group of people that you view as undesirable. So the first P is penology or prisons. Now I have to come up with a philosophy. This is the tough on crime, the law and order. Then I have to use a psychology. I got to uh, brainwash the people I'm talking to, and I got to brainwash the people I'm doing it to. Then it comes in the politics. This is when you start getting those laws like three strikes and you're out and all of those particular things that happened in the 90s under the Clinton administration. Understand, when Bill Clinton uh, was running for president, he took a picture in a, on top of Stone Mountain, and behind him he had some inmates, black inmates, and standing on Stone Mountain right up under the uh, monument of all of those Confederate generals, this was a sign to a certain segment of the American populace that, hey, I'm going to put these you know what, in check. Yes, and so he came in. During that particular time, the current president, Joe Biden, uh, offered a bill. It was known as the crime bill. That's right. And then he started using these language like super predators. You can go back and, and check it out for yourself. And this is when they started increasing, talking truth and sentencing as though you can incarcerate yourself out of the problems that you see, but they never address the root of those problems, which is uh, access to equality, um, equal education, equal jobs, see, economics, mm -hmm. poverty, all of those things come into play. But when you are trying to sell something, mm -hmm. then you come in on the emotional wave. Let's fast forward to the events of a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Now you have the, the current mayor talking about, don't blame me. The juvenile justice is a revolving door. The court says if he had been did all of his time, he wouldn't have been on the streets. But you are the one that set up the mechanisms. Mm -hmm. And if you only have a two or three year sentence, well, generally 11, 12, 13 months, flatten that time out. So you're not being honest with the people. But the unsuspecting public yes, are being herded like cattle. And now when they come up with these laws, who did it affect? It affected black and brown people inordinately. So you have whole communities now mm. with their fathers, their sons, their uncles, their nephews locked up. And the number one resource in any community in any country is the human resource. So when you take out 35, 40% of the black men in North Nashville, South Memphis, Philadelphia, Detroit, then you have the youth coming up without the male guidance, and now it's a free-for-all. <laughs> Look, I'm sitting here in my mind going, teach, man, teach, teach hard. Brothers and sisters, that's, I mean, how much more plainly can we put it? And as you were talking, dear brother, my mind went to uh, something that our brother, student minister, Dr. Wesley Muhammad, lifted as it relates to what's at the root of the crime and violence, particularly in Chicago. And my mind also went to what's happening with the water crisis in Mississippi. 
and Jackson in particular, and he, he lifted the fact that in predominantly black communities, poor communities, the water infrastructure is so old and it's lead pipes. So you have lead laden water being fed to those predominantly black and poor communities. You have lead paint. There was an issue here in Memphis. And the scientists and the researchers have concluded unequivocally that those who have ingested that water uh, and live under those kinds of conditions where their systems are being inundated with lead, it affects the frontal cortex of the brain whereas it relates to uh, reasoning and impulse. And then they looked at those areas in Chicago. Uh, Doc, he, he brought the receipts. He looked at those areas in Chicago where the crime is high and compared it to the areas in Chicago where communities are most affected by lead pipes and lead in the water, and they look like twins, the maps. So when you go to the root of it, and then you take into account that many of our children are being diagnosed with ADHD and are being given psychotropic medications at very, very early ages, and a large number of our boys in particular uh, have been given this kind of uh, a diagnosis early in life, and then you couple that with all of the variables, brother, that you just mentioned, then that, I mean, gives it, I mean, exponentially, it creates a problem. And what we see is the manifestation of all of the environmental issues, the lead-based paint, the lead-laden water, the socioeconomic conditions, the struggle just to get uh, uh, access and opportunity. And when you put all of that together, brother, this is what you see. And then we are dumped into a system that says, we're not, go we're not gonna give you a second chance. We're gonna lock you up and we're gonna throw away the key. So, I mean, that's right on time, brother, what you're saying. So brothers and sisters, it's on us to take care of ourselves. And it's on us to make an effort to reach our young people uh, that are in the institutions, our brothers and sisters that are there, because ultimately they're gonna come home and live among us. So. Uh, that's what the Nation of Islam's prison ministry has been uh, doing, and that is the benefit of that ministry. And, Brother Shaheed, when you look at it, I want to refer uh, those who are listening, and I hope you all can hear me, uh, to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, um, I want to say, Million Family March in 2000. It was in the um, na national agenda. And where the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, now this is thinking outside the box, and this is why the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is, I mean, head and shoulders above anybody in this, because he was saying that we have to look at this as a community thing. He said that we should take our brothers and sisters who are incarcerated and keep them connected to the community, because why? Those that are out there that are groping in darkness, the brothers and sisters on the inside who many are trying to have a sense of value. They want to give back. They want to right the wrong. And even if they have not yet learned the process of atonement, if they're connected out there, then they can talk to the little uh, brother, the little sister, and, and give them guidance. And also it gives them a sense of uh, self-worth. So in the final call on the back page, 
what the Muslims want and the Muslims believe. Uh, point number five on the Muslim want, it said that we want freedom for all believers of Islam now being held in the federal prison. We want freedom for all black men and women that is held up under death sentence in the innumerable jails in the north and in the south. Now, you would say, well, what if I ain't no Muslim? Uh, that's, that's not what they're saying. But the point I'm making is this. The point I'm making is this. The Nation of Islam's prison reform ministry has been preeminent in the mind of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and his principal helper, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, from day one. And so it is necessary. I mean, it is essential that the Nation of Islam's prison reform ministry be supported and understood. For example, when you are incarcerated and you come in, just the shock of what you see starts messing with your mind. The physical, the physical is one thing, but the psychological trauma that you go in, because you have to be psychologically uh, made a slave because it's your nature to want to be free. And so I have to get into your mind. And so the first thing is the when you keep hearing me refer to slavery because it's just a new kind of plantation, it's a new process. Because once you come in, the first thing you've done is just like the slave, you're stripped naked. They take a hose, they used to take a hose, they'll throw you in the shower, do all those kind of things. But it's, it's done to humiliate you, to, to give you a, a sense of hopelessness and despair. And then you're herded up, you're put, uh, in a cell, and normally the uh, living quarters, <laughs> the situation uh, is is unreal. I mean, you've worked at, at 201 Popular, and so when you're on lower level, that's a whole different animal. And the noise level, you know, if you've yeah. never been one of those places, it's so loud, and you hear the, the, the clacking of the doors and the rolling mm -hmm. them back, pulling them forward, and then you, you start getting the war stories. Now, you got other individuals trying to psych you out. Right. Man, oh, uh, man, they're going to send you to the fourth floor, man, all up there. Uh, you going, oh, man, you about to get it. So all of these things is going on in your mind, mm -hmm. and you got to, man, you got to acclimate. You're fighting your case. Uh, you're fighting for your sanity. And you're fighting for your survival. So you're a ball of emotions. And by the time you sit down there, sometimes 24 to 36 months. Mm -hmm. And again, I hate that our sister got in trouble in Russia. Mm -hmm. But when people was talking about she's been there within nine months, this is too long she do that. I was like, you can go to wherever city you're in, to the pre-trial detention center. Mm -hmm. Ask some of those people how long they've been down there. Mm -hmm. And if they can get arrested and get to the... Uh, judge and have a trial in nine months they will be ecstatic because that's not that's not the case so you sit down there all of that time again is weighing on you now you just get 30 40 50 years wow and you off to the penitentiary yes sir and send you to northwest you know mm -hmm. we call it a thunderdome come on man why well, you go to tries run the line. list run yeah. the list brother you see south central you know i ain't talking about south central la but it's the same attitude there now these some of the slaughterhouses, you know, West High back into the back in the day. Mm. You know, now it's Whiteville, Hardeman County. You know, when they drop you in there, you know, it's a free for all. Mm -hmm. And so in the midst of all of that, here's a, a individual trying to see how he's gonna make it. But lo and behold, there's a beacon of light. Mm. Cause they'll call the Nation of Islam service. 
and you're able to go out and hear of the life-giving teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. And when that teaching get uh, into you, man, the transformation is unbelievable. I mean, there's a cadre of men and women who can bear witness and testify to that point. Brothers and sisters, we got a caller calling in, Brother John 4X. We're going to bring him in live. Let's see, is he there? Brother John, are you there, sir? Yes, sir. I'm here, sir. Man, go right ahead, man. You're live on the air in the Mississippi on the Move podcast. Tonight's episode, we are celebrating the Nation of Islam's prison reform ministry. How are you doing tonight, my brother? I'm doing fine, sir. And assalamu alaikum, brothers. Wa alaikum salam, sir. What's on your mind, brother? Oh, a whole lot. When we're talking about this prison reform, uh, I'm so full, I, we can do full podcasts. But I'm not going to hold us that long. Yes, sir. But yeah. I, first I want to say uh, this is my first time tuning in. Yes, Congratulations sir. on this show, man. This really, really good show. Yes, uh, I want to make sure I get the word out. I'm having a good time. Uh, with this commentary that you and Brother Kenneth are giving right now. No, praises and, to uh, Yes, sir. And uh, to sort of, I want to acknowledge, uh, some people say give them their flowers or whatever, but Brother Kenneth, he was very, very instrumental in me accepting the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad as it is taught by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. It was Allah using him as a vehicle. And Brother Kenneth, what he doesn't talk about, because we always see the philosophical or the educational side of Brother Kenneth, Brother Kenneth was a warrior. And he was a very strict disciplinarian. When it was time to fight or throw them hands, Brother Kenneth was on front line because we had to fight for Islam then. You know, and I would, and, and when it comes to teaching, you can put him up against any scholar that that prison brought, whether it be the pastor, whether it be the Sunni imam, whoever they brought, whatever historian, by the teachers of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Brother Kenneth was just as thorough in his position in the Nation of Islam and was able to articulate the teachings better than some people I have ever heard. And so uh, I thank I thank Brother Kenner for being strong and uh, just standing upright, you know, because I could never have gotten behind a soft leader. Yes, sir. You know? Yes, sir. If he was some, some type of weak, punctified brother, he wouldn't have never been able to get down. <laughs> you know, I would have ran over him and through him, you know? Yes, sir. So I thought for uh, fashioning him in a way that he could appeal to a brother like me, you know, yes, because uh, I had tried everything, you know, NAAA, mm-hmm. uh, all type of drug programs because, uh, you know, I was a former drug addict as well. But I'm getting ahead of myself. And so Mark number 60, mm-hmm. uh, and I believe it was several brothers, but I want to say the engine of their prison reform was Andre Muhammad. <laughs> and Captain Andre Muhammad. All from? These teachings, the brothers was there from the beginning to the end. Yes, sir. I'm talking about dedication. And, I'm talking about every single month. That's right. Every Sometimes 
twice a month, five, three times a month. They're there. Now, I'm three or four hours away from their home. Right. But they're consistent there every month. And not only that, when I got out of the prison, they gave me a job. Mm. When I wanted to come to the car, I didn't have a car. They said, hey, go pick Brother John up and make sure he gets to the mine. When I first got out, I lived in a hotel room. The nation of the prison reform ministry will raise money to help me pay for my hotel room. Say that, say that. You know, Come on, man. I'm saying this, this from the beginning, this, I'm talking about a follow through. Not only that, I'm born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, put me in a car with his family and took me home mm. to see my family in St. Louis. Now, how come you can't get behind a prison ministry like that, man? Yes, sir. And so, in turn, I've been clean now for since 2007 when I accepted these teachers. Praise, Praise uh, Allah. I, yes, sir. And I, I can tell I was, you, brother, he hadn't missed a yep. beat. I wanted to get that in real quick. What he was doing inside, he ain't missed a stride, brother. He's doing the same thing on the outside. Yes, sir. I, I left the streets uh, uh, a drug user. And when I got to prison, I was a drug user. And then when I heard the teachers of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, I quit doing all that. Praise and so now God. I'm in the community. I'm working. I go out with brothers inside the community. I'm married. I have a family. Hold on, hold on. Uh, you, you what? I, I, I'm married and I have a family. I'm work right now. Come on, man. I'm hiding from. I'm on the plantation now, so I'm hiding from the boss because I had to get on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, in closing, I want to say this. I'm not gonna hold y'all long. I heard Kenneth say uh, uh, the nation of Islam offsetting uh, what the prison had established or offsetting what the enemy is doing, and that's exactly what it was because when they build the prisons. What is inside of the blueprint is the chapel. Mm -hmm. When they build the prison, part of the design is to put the church in the prison. And that was another mechanism to keep us docile mm -hmm. or keep us easily disciplined or be able to move us around without us uh, putting up a fight. But the Nation of Islam came in and offered us something totally different and appealed to a different demographics of brothers inside of the prison. Mm -hmm. You know? So you didn't have homosexuals coming out to our service, mm. you know. Yes, sir. I know that's probably not politically correct these days, but I'm going to just keep it real. <laughs> we didn't get that type of money. But other services, they got that type of demographic coming to their service. Mm. And a lot of brothers stayed away from that because of that. But when the Nation of Islam came and brought us the knowledge of ourselves, mm taught us to study our history and education, taught us to, to respect ourselves and to respect the black woman. And that, as Brother Kenner read earlier, was connecting us to our creator. And that's what was beginning to give us the power. You know, so like I said, uh, I'm, I'm rushing through. That's because all right. I'm at work. Uh, I just really wanted to call in and just give Brother Kenner his flowers and just say a little bit about the impact that the nation of Islam had on my life. And you know what? It's a lot of brothers who have benefited just as I have. Yes, sir. You know, it's not, it's from a hundred thousand indirectly. Mm -hmm. 
thousand just from little old my sixty. Just from my sixty thousand. So this call. is a, and uh so thank just a moment, but stand by. I want you to go nowhere. Stand by. From Quentin Williams. Spell Queen. To accept, press one. To send. Stand by, brother Quinn. Stand by, please. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> brother, go ahead, brother. We, I just had to catch the other call, but go ahead, sir. No, but go, go ahead, brother. I'm gonna end it there, and uh, I just uh, appreciate what your brother's doing, and uh, yes, keep sir. up the good work. And I will be listening, and I will be calling in, and I will be supporting <laughs> this podcast and the Nation of Islam Prison Reform Ministry. Yes, thank sir. you, brother. Brother, thank you, thank you. Praise be to Allah, brother Kenneth. I, I, I know that was unorthodox what I just did, but we're gonna bring a another dear brother in, brother Quentin. Are you there, sir? Yes, sir. Man, if they're coming in back to back, we just had another soldier on, brother, that was giving his testimony. Welcome to the Mississippi on the Move podcast, brothers and sisters. These brothers are calling in. We want to thank everyone for tuning in. I want to quickly give some shout outs to all of those that are listening. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We have on the line now, Brother Quentin. Uh, I think, Brother Kenneth, you call him affectionately Q. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Assalamu alaikum, sir. Wa alaikum, my brother. Oh, uh, yes. I called in because I, I need to give my testimony as to what the Nation of Islam did for me personally. You know, when I first um, I was sent in, in 2004, you know, let me, let, me, let me give you a little brief history. In 1985 was the first time I ever heard um, the name mentioned of Louis Farrakhan. I was in the tenth grade, and they, they were like, stay away from this man. He was the second Antichrist, whatever, whatever, whatever. When your people don't know no better, you can tell them almost anything about somebody when you don't do the research yourself. If you allow somebody else to tell you about your people, you don't research your people, you won't know your people. Uh, so let's come up to 2004. Uh, I was sentenced. Uh, never been in trouble. Didn't know anything about it. But I used to see some guys walking around the penitentiary looking different. You know, before I got at the penitentiary, a new uh, commissioner came in and made the inmates do the things that the Nation of Islam guys had been doing the whole time put your shirt in your pants, walk upright, pull your pants up, look like, conduct, and carry yourself like a man. And I used to look at those guys, and I used to be like, mm, something different about these guys. I had heard, we called Brother Kenny the minister. You often hear us refer to him as the minister because he was our minister. He was the one that was the bridge between us and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. You know, if we, you know, didn't see Kenny living the life that the minister had instilled in him and helped him to, to live, you know, why would we want to do it? Mm. We used to sit and watch Kenny to see, okay, is he really who he say he is? More importantly, is he really <laughs> what he say he is? Come on, man. You know, when you when you in the penitentiary, all you do is have time to think. Uh, you have you have to make a decision. Am I going to do what brought me to prison or am I going to do something different to keep me out of prison? I did 15 years and I never saw a brother that accepted the teaching of the honorable Louis Farrakhan ever re-offend. 
Now I saw people, you know, I'm not I'm not hitting on anybody's religion because you know, hey, I believe what I believe, and I choose to follow the honorable Minister Farrakhan. You know, I had questions. Nobody could answer my questions. But one day I came in and I sat down at a at a service called the Jumar. You know, they, they used to always ask me to come. I never would come. You know, one thing about coming to Jumar, the prison make you make a decision. What I mean by that, on Friday, Jumar, they call recreation. Or on Friday, they run child late. The best meals are on Fridays, chicken, hamburgers, and whatnot. So I heard Brother Kenny, was the minister, say one day, can you afford to miss a meal? You know, I'm like, okay. I thought about it. Yeah, I can miss a meal. But I, and I went in and I sat down and I used to listen. I never would say nothing because I, there was nothing to say. The minister was hitting on all points. Anything that was going on, everything was going on. It's like he was speaking to you. You know, but the best thing about it, the reason we could relate to it is because we were looking at ourselves as to who we were so we could see what we could become. Mm. And I, I used to look at the minister and I used to watch him and I used to sit down and watch him and I used to sit down and watch him and I used to sit down and watch him. Mm. And I was like, you know, man, this brother here, when you look at him, he had, he had a shine, not, not because he's a dark-skinned brother, but because he was just different. I'm not stroking no egos. I'm just telling truth. I'm speaking truth. Yeah, I know, brother. And the brother, in my opinion, was the most powerful man. I'm not going to say inmate or convict, but he was the most powerful man that I ever saw walk the walls and the grounds of the penitentiary. The staff respected him. The inmates respected him because he first respected himself. Like the brother said a minute ago, oh, he was a master disciplinary now. If you were right, hey, brother, we hey, he ten toes with you. But when you wrong, you're going to have to wait. Mm. Now, I never could bring a problem to him that he didn't have an answer to. And that's what we always, brother. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm all wrong and ready. Hey, I need you to do this. I said, brother. And see, if he was calm, he could allow you to be calm, and then he could help you find an answer to whatever the problem was. Mm. There was a, I can't end this without paying homage to another brother that used to come see about us, Brother Eric, mm. out of Moss Number 6 out of Nashville. Mm -hmm. he, he used to come see about us. Now, I used to listen to how the brothers used to say, Man, every time the brothers come to see about us, they can't never get in. There's always something wrong with the paperwork. Mm -hmm. But other other people could come in anytime they want to bring anybody they want to just show up and come on in. That's right. But anything that's gonna keep you out of the prison, you know the enemy gonna try to keep that out of there because he gotta keep you away from it. Mm -hmm. He don't want you to come in and disturb, you know, what he got going on. And if you just sit down, it was six of the most powerful words I ever heard Brother Kenneth, you know, say, accept your own and be yourself. Mm -hmm. And I went back and I used to look at it, oh, what do you mean accept your own and be yourself? I am myself. But at the time, I really didn't know I wasn't myself. Mm -hmm. Somebody else had made me to be something other than what I was. And, you know, think about it. When you look at the 400 years of history that we've been taught, you know, hey, 
when we gonna be ourselves? Mm. That's why we need the prison ministry to come in and to see about us. That's why we need this program to enlighten us, to educate us. Because as I said earlier, we don't know us. Mm. And until we, think about it, we had never seen anybody see truth to power as a black man like that. And then, like I said, in the, in the, in the institution, that man that was speaking truth to power was Brother Kenneth. And, you know, I'm like, okay, why they going, you know, how they, well, who, who is he? And he can do and say, but when he was right, what can you do and say when you're right? Mm-hmm. You know, it ain't the fact that, hey, hey, and like I said, when I got under Brother Kenneth Wing, yeah, I said it, I got under his wing, his leadership. Because think about it, he was the leader, but he had a leader. And see, being that, I should hear him say, I inspired to be the man, you know, that the man, the Honorable Lewis Farrakhan, you know, inspired me to be. I want to be that man. And but the brother Kenny didn't know we wanted to be him. Mm. We, I'm talking about some of the toughest of the tough, some of the baddest of the bad, the ones that they said was irredeemable, was no use, could nobody use them, you couldn't find no good at them. We wanted to be him. Mm, now, beautiful. I say it, I was, I thought I was somebody. I was running with an affiliation, and I called a few shots, but I saw the minister calling real shots. Mm. I, when I said the minister, I'm talking about Brother Kenneth calling real shots. When I saw the head of the organization going to Brother Kenneth for instruction, for guide, I'm like, hold up. If I'm calling somebody, That's, that's, ignore that, brother. Keep it going. Keep it going. I'm sorry about me rambling. No, I'm just so right. passionate. No, sir. No, sir I'm so passionate. Rambling. I'm just so passionate about what it is that the prison reform ministry is not only has done, but what it's doing. Mm. When Brother Kenneth came out and he hit the streets, mm. you know, he 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 that work in. Every time I'm looking at brothers. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I see brothers out here, there's 110, 115, 120 degrees out here putting that work in. Mm-hmm. Why can't I do? Why can't I give back? Because somebody gave me. Come on, man. The nation of Islam did not forget about us. The nation of Islam came to see about us. Yes, sir. So I don't care where I see them. I will never denounce them. I will never forsake them because they saves me from myself. Come on, I'm not worried about because as long as I stand on what the minister is teaching, I don't see no wrong. You can't say no wrong when it comes to the big minister. Mm-hmm. That's the big minister being Minister Louis Farrakhan. Yes, sir. My personal minister is Brother Kenneth. Come on, man. You can't say no wrong because I don't see no wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, until you can prove what you say, I prefer that you don't say nothing on. because one thing I know for certain and two things I know for sure, ain't nobody putting the work in that the nation of Islam prison reform is putting in. Yes, um, think about if they let them come in like we supposed to be in, mm-hmm. that, that would be the solution to that problem 
if they let the brothers teach what it is the Honorable Louis Farrakhan is teaching, that eliminates 90% of your problems right there. Yes, sir. I agree, brother. I'm thinking about it. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to wrap it up. Yes, I'm going to say this, I'm going to wrap it up. I heard Brother John say he was on drugs. If you want a drug, sit down and listen to Minister Louis Farrakhan. That'll get you high right there. <laughs> if that don't get you high, you ain't going to move. Yes, now, sir. with that being said, I'm going to sit back and enjoy the rest of the program. Yes, uh, and I'm going to part with this here. Assalamu alaikum, brother. Wa alaikum salam, brother Q. Man, thank you for that testimony. And thank you. Sit back and listen, brother, and give your family our love and greetings. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Assalamu alaikum. Um, brother Shaheed, if I, if I may. Of course, brother. Um, I'm just thankful to Allah to have and heard the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan when I did. Uh, I, like so many, were just trying to make it. And I went into a Nation of Islam service. And the first week, the brother was teaching hard, Brother Asper Muhammad. Well, I'll be pleased with him. And the next week, he showed a tape with Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And the minister said these words. And it was like he was talking to me. I mean, the room went black with nobody there. It was just me and the minister. You know, he's on TV. And he's saying, there is no human being that cannot be redeemed. And for whatever reason, that struck a chord with me. And I, I'm saying that because, you know, the brothers that uh, gave that story um, and they was talking about some of the things that Allah uh, blessed me and used me to do, I could not have done any of that had I not heard the life-giving teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad coming from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and I would not have had the sustained strength and effectiveness without the guidance, support, and commitment from Muhammad's Mas number 60 prison reform team because this was just uh, phenomenal. So I wanna, I wanna say whatever you know good that I did is because uh, I was the beneficiary of a greater good. So the Nation of Islam Prison Reform Ministry, there are many, many great lights. And I'm just honored that you brothers uh, are still doing well. And I just want to say thank you, and may Allah continue to bless me. I think we got another caller. Yes, sir, we got another caller. We got uh, Brother Dennis X on the line. We're going to get Brother Dennis in, and we're going to let these brothers testify tonight, man. You there, Brother Dennis? Assalamu alaikum, sir. Uh, Brother Minnis, how you doing? Man, I am blacktastic and getting better. I'm sitting here getting fed, man, by these brothers calling in. What's on your mind, brother? Where your testimony at? Oh, man, I'm listening to these brothers talk, man. They got me fired up. They got me feeling good, brother. All <laughs> oh, praise due to Allah. I just wanted to chime in my little two cents, man, from a different perspective, dealing with the prison reform reform ministry. You know, brother, uh, and I'm going to get y'all in the word, greeting words of peace. I'm going to make them also. Yes, sir. Well, make them so long, sir. Um, I, in 1990, I was convicted of a murder charge. At 15 years old, I went into prison with 15 years, at 15 years of age. Wow. And uh, at that time, I didn't have a, 
juvenile facilities. They eventually got them inside the prison, but at that time, if you got adult time, you did your time as a juvenile with adults. Whoa. Yes, sir. I went through that process. I was so young, they eventually sent me to uh, a youth center until I became of age to go to uh, other prisons. But in between that time at uh, Have Houston, it was a brother by the name of Mario McDowell. His uncle was back in the prison, and he had uh, came into Islam. Mm-hmm. We didn't know the difference between Nation Islam or Sunnah. And he's teaching us through letters to be a Muslim. We didn't know much about it. We just know don't eat no pork and don't mess with no white women. But anyway, it, we went on with that, and um, I eventually went to Brush Mountain. You know, my family came up in poverty, so I didn't have the blessing of a radio or TV. At that time, I didn't know the difference, so the brothers always give me the Bellatio newspaper at, at, at Brush Mountain. I'm on Mexican security now for a ride that took place. At a Tavu Center. Long story short, brother, I want to address a curious issue dealing with juvenile offenders because I was one. Mm. And I want to talk about how the Nation Islam transferred me and helped me. But I want to give you a little ground work first about who I was and what led me to prison. Not so much about the particular crime, but about the traumatic situation that I was in as a youth my whole life. Go ahead. We heard the adage that hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. But the underlying to this message is most crime goes back to childhood trauma. Mm. For example, God can take my life right now if I tell one lie. At nine or ten years old, my dad used to fight my mother. Mm. When I got old enough to help her, I started hitting him in the head with shoes, throwing salt and pepper to the eyes, all the rest. I would come back, I came back home one day, I stand out of my grandma's house. The man to the 22 long, uh, six shot 22, took all the bullets out, left one in, made my casket out of a kettle draw, put the gun to my head, spent the barrel, put it to my head, pulled the trigger. I'm still here. He walked off. Childhood trauma. Wow. We would be running around the orange mound. My mama, we had no phone. We never had a car. You out doing trunks, the police come by you, pick you up. If you call your parents, you can go home. But since you ain't got nobody to call, you go to jail. Damn. I walked by a stolen car one day as a youth. I never stole a car. I don't know how to steal a car. Got convicted of auto theft just because I can not have nobody to call to come get me. Childhood trauma. Hmm. My dad gave my mama a man, my mama, on her butt 
at a liquor store in Orange Mound. She came back and told him. And instead of him handling the business, he gave her the gun and told her, you better go shoot that Indian. She didn't have to use a gun, but, you know, she did what he said and went down there and pulled the trigger on the gun while I was in her purse and instead of shooting the man, shot herself in the leg. Childhood trauma. Mm. Every year, every year, brother, my dad made, my stepfather, the one who put the gun on my head, he made good money back then. He was a foreman of a construction company. Well, of course, my mother and father didn't manage no money. So we did good all spring and summer and fall. But when the winter came around, when he wasn't working, we didn't have the same resources. So every winter, our lights would be off. I'm just giving you about time to come and I want to get up to the prison for a minute. So I ain't going to hold y'all. I got to get this out. Go ahead, bro. We were so poor. P-O-O-R. We weren't that type of poor. We was poor. Just P-O. Come on now. <laughs> we was, we, we was, you, you, you got poor folks. Sugar poor water folks. Po. We was poor. Sugar water. Running man. sitting across the next door neighbor. Come on. If we went fishing or hunting, what we, what, what, what we caught, we ate. Mm-hmm. Literally. Not, if we caught a baby fish or a big fish, it got ate. If we caught a turtle or snake, it got ate. Who's was that poor. He had real talk. One one of them, and I'm going to get into this, this president's thing, but I want to give you a perspective dealing with childhood trauma and how it leads to criminality to where it don't go, it go unaddressed. It just puts through the system because it's an extension of slavery. They ain't trying to help you or rehabilitate you or reform you. American and slavery go hand in hand. That's right. Like Apple Pie, like The prison system is just an extension of it. One our life was off so bad, my dad would be a hole in the wall and made a fireplace, open up an old fireplace that was once closed. My mama used to sit in front of that fireplace every day, rocking, reading the Bible, and to us, and she had a nervous breakdown. I walked to do it. I'm the oldest child. She had a nervous breakdown. People thought I was bad, but look, I wasn't bad, brother. Mm. My mama used to, we used to have, you know, like people cook back in the old days, and they had this tin can that when they cooked, they put the grease in it. Mm-hmm. So she would put the pork grease, the the, the chicken grease, whatever, fish grease, all in there. Bacon grease. And then she would use the same grease or same oil yeah. to do my little sister hair. Mm-hmm. And, of course, when you get in the sun and start sweating, you smell like fish, chicken, and pork. Mm. So when you checking my little sister and hand the elementary and male, not going to fight you. Childhood trauma. I ain't fighting because I'm bad. I'm fighting to protect my sister because we're in a bad condition. You know, but I ended up in prison at 15. Went 10 years without no visit. More trauma, man. The only thing that saved my life, brother, is God. And I ain't perfect. As God is my witness, the only thing that saved my life was a nation's lung. I hit Lake County. The brother told me, it's like you nation on you sooner. I said, no, I'm Muslim. I ain't, I ain't put no calamity or nothing. I just, I, I just, I'm Muslim. The brother told me to go to Nathan's Lawn Service and go to Sooner Service. I went to both. He said, now, what, now, now you go join what fits your nature. You know, the brother snapping and popping and standing post and militant and disciplining, clean cut. But I got to admit, now, I, see, I just had come out the phase of the 
a, a, a Hawaiian tip, so I still had long braids back then, you know. Mm-hmm. So I said, I want to join the Nation's Lawn. Yeah, I thought I was, you know, fly. I said, I want to join the Nation's Lawn. Mm-hmm. The brother said, you take one step toward the law. A law going to take two towards you. But you cannot be an FOI with those braids, brother. You got to cut your hair. And he said, you got 72 hours to make a decision. I cut my hair the same night. Mm. And I began to study. My poverty allowed me to study more in prison because in there, everybody's at TVs, radios, et cetera, get on the phone. I can call nobody. Mm. Tell nobody to call. I can watch TV. I ain't have no TV to watch. So all I could do is just begin to study and guff myself at, 17, at eight, 17, 18, and 19 and guff myself, submerge myself into the teaching. I know brothers make me help me or make me learn five words a day to incorporate into my vocabulary, write so you can spell them. This is Nathan Long inside a prison, prison farm program, helping me. The first minister I was upon was a brother by his name was Prince Mardi. That's his name. Mm-hmm. And uh, he would teach, yeah, he would teach us all day, every day, walk around the other teaching. I go stand out with him just teaching. And then eventually, we got they shipped me to China Center. So we was going too hard there. When I got to China Center, I finally met somebody from the outside. And that was Minister Abdul Majid Muhammad, man. Mm. At the time, the student coordinator was Brother Ryan X, and first officer was Brother Louis X. Two great missionary brothers who fought. You can't have Nixon on in prison without a legal department. Mm. Them two brothers right there. My default son, but Ali and Raymond X, they took everybody to court. They took, the, from the war on down, they took them to court to help get established the next long inside of prison. Mm-hmm. Remember, Dick would come in, like the brother said, once or twice a month, make sure we had the proper equipment and proper tools, man, mm-hmm. to learn. And the brother had the best examples in the world of what it means to be a black man. Mm. You know, in prison, you got to fight against the gang. Let me fight against the temptation of Joe and gang. You got to fight against the uh, pervasiveness of drug use, the, the gambling. Everybody want to gamble in poker or basketball or sport, sport and play. Mm-hmm. We didn't do that. We fasted every month from Thursday to Sunday. Come drink number black coffee, no sugar, no cream. Come on, baby. And we still going to walk down and sit and still walk down run five miles a day. We trying like that. But the nation's love made me and molded me into a man because they made me the best of some of my bad ways and they substituted me, the law of substitution. They gave me something to replace it with, man. Mm-hmm. They showed me love. I hadn't seen nobody from the outside world. When the brothers came from the inside, man, mm-hmm. they didn't just give us spiritual food. They gave us mental, spiritual, all kind of food, man. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it's the love that the brothers in the community need. We all want uh, uh, respect, appreciation, and validation. The Nation of Islam did that. They made you into a, a man. They gave you validation. They showed you the word, man, ye are all God, children of the Most High God. They did it. Many are called, crew are chosen. Be of the chosen one. They did that. They did that. Yes, sir. 
the nation's long prison program, man, and I, I, I don't know it's kosher. If people could, if people down south could replicate what Mark Number Six up in Nashville did, the nation's long would grow at a at another rate, and the brothers in prison would be more transformed because when you rehabilitate somebody and address their hermit needs, it's not a fucking mission, man. You got to continuously guide them from beginning and lead them to the ending. Right. You don't abort. You don't abort the process. First of all, time I got left, because I don't want to owe y'all too long, brother. Come on, man. We ain't said nothing. <laughs> okay, I'll pray. We, we control this, brother. I'll pray. Do to a lot. That's what I want to hear. I don't want to overstate my welcome, but we need, I, I, I personally, I'm saying me personally because I helped me. I got, I'm like a, like a previous uh, caller, Brother John was saying, I got a white kid. My kid got Muslim. I ain't never ate pork. And I ain't perfect. But without the next long, I ain't worked with nobody of myself since I've been out. You know? And that's a blessing, man. I got a college wife. I didn't get her talking niggerish. I got her talking to the children of the long. She mm-hmm. talked about college stuff. And talking about this, I learned from the next long. And I was able to use that knowledge, wisdom, understanding to benefit myself and my family, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The nation. The nation of Islam is what they constantly needed because they got the trauma mm. got to be addressed. Yes, I, I mean, it. Prince Louis Farrakhan in the diagnosis, he talks about it in the FOI uh, books, the world, you got to go inside of a person and not be a and not be a therapist. The therapist talks too damn much. Mm. You have to be someone who's listening to someone who's been wounded mm-hmm. so that they can be healed. You got to listen to them, man. They, they'll tell you. When you go to a doctor, the doctor asks you certain questions about your family history, your background, how you feeling. So he, so he can know where to go with it. He don't go and just tell you what's wrong with you. He diagnoses you first. That's right. And that makes his arm does, man. When you're up on a, a competent minister, captain, lieutenant, they diagnose you first. Come on, man. And then they prescribe the teaching to you in a way that's suitable to your recovery. Come on, man. And that's what I love, man. He reminds me of a story in the Bible about a brother named Job, man. Not Job. Not Job. Joseph. Yusuf. Mm-hmm. At 17 years old, has brothers and stuff cast on him because of a dream he had. Mm-hmm. He had a dream that he said that he seen the sun, the moon, and 11 stars bind down to him, man. That's right. Quran. And long story short, his brother put him in the well. He didn't die. He ended up in Egypt. End up uh, uh, being a big man, so to speak, and then behind it, end up going to prison for a false charge of rape or attempted rape, man. Mm-hmm. But he stayed there, fulfilled his dream, fulfilled his study, and knew that he was a man of God, even though he was in prison. Mm-hmm. End up becoming the king of the country to save his family, man. That's some, in my opinion, that's symbolic of many of us. Yes, sir. I would agree. That's symbolic of many of us. And I'm going to say this, I'm going to close this right here, man. Because everybody else done said everything that needs to be said. If you go back to y'all some of the 1980s, man, mm-hmm. if you put the book by uh, uh, Gary Webb and what uh, 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 Dr. Sister Maxine Waller mm-hmm. said about the CIA and Oliver North, and instead of the instead of the history of uh, Ricky, the real Ricky Rose Ross, Rick Ross, mm-hmm. how how the conscious use drugs. Mm-hmm. To finance their operations, 
Mm-hmm. And he started it, you'll see the parallel and the growth of the prison industrial complex, man. Exactly. You'll see the you'll see the parallel between the Crips and Bloods where they started a self-help community organization and they was prepared, misdirected, and then started fighting and killing one another. Not just over color. It really was over turkey sale drugs on man. That's right. Money and dope. And they use it, they use it to justify the prison industrial complex. Three mm-hmm. scratch it out. Mm-hmm. You are you a savage, you're a monster. Mm-hmm. Mandatory minimum. Statistically speaking, crime is going down. Mm-hmm. Especially violent crime. But you will know that by the media. That's right. But it's a business mm-hmm. now. So it's a business now. They got to find a way to keep the field at eighty, not eighty, ninety percent minimum capacity. Else they're gonna charge them a million dollars a day just because they got the right numbers in there. Right. So if you look around America, they got certain states where certain judges have been convicted of sending the youth to jail for crime they didn't commit just to keep uh, uh, the, the capacity rate full. That's a fact. The prison ministry. Uh, I said that's a fact. Go ahead, brother. Yeah. That's, and and, and that's, that's what people need to understand. Well, I don't understand. That's what they need to look at because you, got, you put more into prison than you put into school. The teacher's, the teacher's salary needs to be, if not double, uh, at least increased by 50%. The same way you increase the police salary, the fire department salary, increase the teacher's salary. 7,000 of teachers are women. Your first nurse. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Increase their salary to what they got, what they want, what they're enthusiastic about working. Mm-hmm. Because if they, if, if economic, economic and education go hand in hand. Yes, sir. I don't care what nobody say. Poverty, right. poverty is a mindset because you don't know how to generate income no other kind of way. So you result to crime. Mm-hmm. That's why I want to say this. this what I started with the four examples I started with about myself. Yes, sir. No matter what people say about me, about what I have done, I did it because I was scared of language. I was a savage in human form. My environment made me that way. My on, family condition made me that way, man. Yes, sir. But by nature... By nature, I'm a loving, kind man, man. By nature, I'm a righteous person. Mm. But the condition of the environment, it affects hereditary. It's all your mind, all your attitude, and all. Of, if all you see is crime every day, guess what you're gonna do, bro? Yes, sir. You can say get a, you can say get a job. I got out of prison, but I was in prison at 15. Got out of church. I ain't know how to do nothing. Mm. So I learned to be a prisoner, man. I didn't learn how to be a man of society. Wow. It was a brother that old Mama Red started coming to prison and started teaching business as a class. We had religion down pat. It's a whole lot of religion folks in jail, and it's needed. But that's not the fix. That's it's part of the fix. It's part of it. it. It's part of it now. But when you get to get somebody's spirit right and mind right, now you got to get them a way to provide for themselves and their families if they got one. Mm-hmm. You got to address the real human needs. Come on, brother Des. And that's the, that's the tangible. That's taking the the theoretical and translate into the practical. Mm. I'm not gonna hold y'all up, man. Brother, I need I to take you to prison thing. with me so you can teach. Straight up. I'm not I'll, being facetious. I am no, because I'm saying this, brother Dennis, because look, I've been blessed to be in the prison reform ministry now since nineteen and ninety-four. How however many years is that? Twenty plus, almost twenty-five years, maybe twenty-six. And having not ever been incarcerated, 
having been exposed to men in that environment for that length of time has given me a very, very strong affinity to them. Yes, sir. And I can relate because you're talking to men. They not finna stroke your ego. <laughs> you know, they not finna stand up. No. So what you have to say to them has to be very, very practical, very, very applicable to the circumstances that they are currently in. You have to speak to the reality of there now. And that's what I hear coming from you, brother. And I, I have always opined or my stated the opinion that the best suited people to go into the institution and fish out the lions that are in those dens are the lions that have come out and been blessed and touched by this word to reform their lives and go back in. And in my estimation, dear brother Dennis, listening to you, and just like this brother sitting across from me, you two are the best suited men to go into the belly of the beast and go get our family. That's all I'm saying, my brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Brother Dennis, I man. I you, brother. Go ahead. Now, I just said, brother, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Yes, sir. We ready for you. Just say the word yes, and we got you. You know, I'm telling you, brother, if you, well, just ask Ken, I, I got, I'm your brother and I, my job, brother, is to point the direction that your heart is in for this mission and help you go in that whatever direction that is and wherever you fit in the grand scheme of things of going after our people. So, hey, whenever you ready, brother, we ready. We stand ready to aid and assist in whatever way we can. Oh, praise God. And, and I thank you, Brother Andre, because I have heard about you over the years coming to the prison system. You, Brother James X. You know, exactly. anybody's having a one time, 20 times to meet you, it's, it's, it's essential, man, because y'all bringing uh, a, 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 a glimpse of light yes, sir. into a layer of the triple darkness, man. Mm-hmm. It's dark. You know, and, 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 yeah, and, and it, it, you got to think about it, man. It's like, you, it's like me, I talk loud now. But. When you go in prison, they're young at 120 pounds or whatever, at best, you learn to throw your voice because everybody's not loud. You can't be too, back then, you couldn't, you couldn't be too passive. You couldn't be too soft. They'll read the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to yes, look, man. Hey, you got to speak up. You know, so, but some of those behaviors, like, that's what I love about Brother Tim. I, I tell him all the time. He was the only, uh, I had an opportunity to, to I was over 12, 13 different prisons. I miss only prison I miss was the walls. I've been to every prison. It they don't been that's not important. But he was the one of the uh we can call him ministers because that's what he did, he ministered unto us. But he was one of the brothers that he didn't leave with especially for the ministers. He was antagonistic. He was hostile. And I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna get off. I learned from him to leave with finesse. Not with aggression. Mm. You get more with honey than you do with the opposite. Come you on. see what I'm saying? Catch more but, bees with honey. <laughs> yeah. But the previous, a lot of the previous brothers, they had a lot of time. And they taught the teachers real hard and real well. But it was laced. It was laced with anger, frustration, and even hatred from a different perspective. And at a young age, that, that affected me a lot. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yes, so... And I use that to use to justify certain things that really, as, as, as you continue to study, or the teacher that most automatically, you evolve into a, a, a mind of not just a brother, but of a God 
and understand it, Maxwell Muhammad came to set justice for both. Yes, sir. You know, one had a superiority complex, one had an inferiority complex. He come to set the balance down to bring one down and raise one up, but he come to bring justice for both. That's right. But if you got an inordinate amount of anger in your heart, anger blinds you. You see what I'm saying? I know yes, y'all know this. Stuff. Yes, sir. I'm just feeling myself. Go but ahead. Anger blinds you. You start, you start masking your hurt and pain using the teachings mm, mm. to justify your own hatred. Mm. Instead of dealing with it, man. It took me years to start dealing with my own ingrams and my own triggers, man. Mm. It took me years. I didn't know I had them, brother. Wow. And wow. It, you, you, you know, you didn't know. I, I didn't know. And then you start, oh, man, this, this is why I'm like this. Oh, this was going on. Oh, this was reminding my childhood trauma. Oh, this is why I don't like this. Mm. Yeah, once, you, once you remove the trauma and, and the, the uh, engrams in an honest way, man, you can grow, and God can really begin to use you then. Man, he using you right now. He using you right now. Brothers and sisters, you are listening at a man who at the tender age of just a baby, 15 years, went into the institution, was basically chewed up and basically spit out. But God saw fit to shine light on this brother and listen at him now. Listen at him now. This is the transformative power of the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. Brother Dennis, brother, look, I got to give it up to you. May Allah continue to bless you. May Allah continue to keep you. Always know that Brother Abdul Shaheed is a brother to you, and you already know, Brother Ken, your brother. But whenever you're ready, brother, look, we'd be glad to have you. And may Allah bless you and your family. And uh, brother, thank you for calling tonight, man. Thank you yes, sir. Thank so y'all, very brother, much. Man. Thank y'all for seeing the great work y'all doing, brother. Summer later. Yes, sir. Wa alaikum salam. Brother Kenneth, look, man. I guess we got to take a break, brother, at some point. Hold on. Hold on. What happened here? Nah, okay, we good. We good. I hope everybody can. Everybody still hear us? If you can, type one. Because we're going to take a break. And uh, we're going to get off the gas pedal for a minute. We're going to come back because we got to uh, to give some commercial breaks. And uh, But, Brother Kim, man, this got me on a high, man. This, this <laughs> Brother Dennis, he just laid it out. Brothers and sisters, we'll be right back after these commercial messages. All right. I don't need you no alaykum. See, I come in peace, and nobody I am hurting, except my enemies, but for my brothers, I am working, because the powers that be want to see this while they're lurking, we're both making our peace, but different food we are serving, see, mine is for the fork, adding substance to the fork, and yours is for the court, doing chores for the pork, we're both under pressure, getting burnt by this 33rd degree, so why on earth do you want to smoke me? It's your brother who's broke. It's your brother who's dying. It's your brother who you poke. Stick him up with the iron. He's the one who is arrested for the same dirty job. After you get a sentence in the prison, full stop. It's your brother who knows and overstands your grind. Your brother has the same pain sitting in his mind. 
Worldwide. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Download the Final Call radio app and take us everywhere. On your phone, on your computer, on your tablet, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also log on to FinalCall.com and click the Listen Live button. Or FinalCallRadio.com. Final Call, Final Call Radio. The official voice of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam. What's your source for truth in news reports? No justice, no peace! No justice, no peace! Where do you turn for non-corporate-driven news that's fair and balanced? Subscribe to the Final Call News, your number one free and independent news source that delivers hard-hitting national and international news coverage of today's political, economic, and social issues. To subscribe to local home delivery, call us at area code 662-252-8999. That's 662-252-8999. Visit our website at www.finalcall.com. Indulgence Bath and Body Boutique. At Urban Indulgence, we pride ourselves on offering quality, effective skin care. Handcrafted with plant-based, skin-loving ingredients, our soaps and body butters will give you luxurious lather and ultimate moisture. Experience the Urban Indulgence at 3314 Poplar Avenue in Memphis, three blocks west of Poplar Plaza, or shop with us online at theurbanindulgence.com. Theurbanindulgence.com. And we are back live with the Mississippi on the move podcast. Brother Kenner, what do you say to all of that, man? Well, brother, sometimes, man, all you got to do is say Islam Alaikum. It's been said, you know, and <laughs> and there are many more stories like that. Uh, thank those brothers for calling in. And because all of those brothers are lights, you know, and there's the sun, but there are stars that the sun produce. You know, each one of those brothers are stars. And as they said, if the Nation of Islam Prison Reform Ministry uh, could have access, as other groups can have access. Right now in the Tennessee Department of uh, Corrections, they are, they are every, every time you're trying to come in, they keep, you know, make you jump through hoops. But if we had that unfettered access as to teach and say, let us teach Islam without hindrance or suppression, and then look at the results. And they w- and we can get the results. We just need the access. We're not asking for you know money. You know, mm-hmm. sure that'd be fine. But give us access, and we're gonna take care of our people. And so this is why again I, I want to go back to the the fourth annual prison reform gate. That's right. That's coming down in Holly Springs, Mississippi, and we're gonna be commemorating 32 years of service of Brother Abdullah Muhammad, mm-hmm. and also we're gonna have uh, many many of the prison reform ministers, those who have been serviced by them. It's gonna be one of those events that we're gonna dress up, man. We're gonna put our best foot forward. It's not gonna be some little rinky-dink thing, man. It's gonna be black tie. We're going to have fine cuisine, fine music, mm-hmm. and people going to be coming in, not just from uh, the Mid-South, but all over the nation. Mm-hmm. The tickets are on sale now, and, and the people are gobbling them up fast. But if you were on the fence about coming, or you didn't know if it was a worthwhile event support, then if you just heard those brothers' story, 
then that should make you not just buy one ticket, but buy 10, buy mm-hmm. a table, mm-hmm. and then bring some people in so they can see and hear the stories and testimonies and then understand what we're trying to do because for so long we've been on the back burner. Mm-hmm. We've been operating out of the margins, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not a high-profile thing and and. You know, sometimes people want want the sauce, mm-hmm. but we want substance. Mm-hmm. And if you want to find a cause that's worthwhile or supporting and join on to something that's bigger than yourself, mm-hmm. help the Nation of Islam Prison Reform Ministry. Uh, you can get your tickets by uh, going right now. You can uh, call 901-50-7306 uh, inquire about your tickets. We're also having uh, souvenir ad books where you can purchase an ad for your business or or something personal, and full-page ads are $100, half-page are $50. And again, all the proceeds are going to the prison reform ministry. And, you you know, some people who, who never ask Red Cross what they do with the money, <laughs> never ask none of these people. Don't well, ask them no questions. What y'all doing with the money? Well, first of all, what we're doing, we're going to be buying materials. We're going to establish libraries. Uh, one of the things that uh, we were blessed to do uh, while I was incarcerated we established Nation of Islam prison reform libraries, meaning we had over 300 DVDs in our library. Mm -hmm. We had all the nation's books, the study guides. We had a copy of those. And then the weekly study guides that uh, the brothers and sisters were engaged in in the mosque, that's the the curriculum that we had. Mm -hmm. So we had all 52 weeks of the time and what must be done. Mm -hmm. We had every, every good uh, DVD that you like of the minister, we had it on the shelf. So if there wasn't nobody there to teach, then you could pop the tape in yes. and and let the minister teach, you know, right from the uh, television. So yes, that's what we're going to do with the money. Brothers inside have to be maintained. We're going to be trying to help them with their basic human needs. Mm-hmm. And then those brothers or sisters who are on the way out, we have to provide things for them. You heard Brother mm-hmm. John saying that it was my 60, mm-hmm. you know, that was picking him up because he didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was renting out a room in a hotel. Mm-hmm. And if you're not working, you know you don't have the money. But guess who took care of that? Mm-hmm. It was the prison reform ministry of that mosque. And it's just a beautiful example. And we want to highlight all of these stories mm-hmm. and because there may be uh, different mosques and study groups or different individuals. You don't have to be in a nation right. who are looking to do something in that regards because we all know somebody that's locked up. Yeah. We got family members. Everybody got a family member probably. And in our communities, these men and women are coming back. So we got to be taught and trained how to service them properly. Mm -hmm. And the Nation of Islam Prison Reform Ministry is the vehicle that can do that. So Mm -hmm. come on out, uh, family, and support a cause that's worth supporting. And I know this is on your mind, so why I got the mic, I'm going to say it. Saturday, we're going to be heading down where? Down to Senatobia. Senatobia, Mississippi, because we got the uh, annual, I forgot what year this is. Building Power Summit, year six. Year six, six. Building Power Summit, the Mm -hmm. Black Liberation Movement. You know, you got that lion in the Delta with a Patrick Lumumba down yeah. there, Crystal yeah. Denise, O'Shea Academy. I know my yeah. boy uh, Tone going to be coming in. Yes. Uh, yeah. Carl Tone going to be coming in. You're going to uh, have his queen coming in, doing the <laughs> exercise and everything. Yes. Uh, man, 
man, probably uh, Brother Omar Baruti will be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Jeffrey Freetrail. The list yeah. goes on. So Brother Kareem. Oh, yes. He's Can't forget there. about our Brother Kareem. Uh-huh. And many, many more are going to get together at this Black Power Summit. So if you're not doing anything Saturday and Sunday, come on down to Senatobia, Mississippi. Uh, we're going to be broadcasting live there uh, one yeah, day. We're going to get mobile. Mississippi's on the move. is on the move again is what you're saying, brother? <laughs> yes, sir. That's what I'm saying, big out, as they call you back in the day. <laughs> yes, sir. But I'm saying don't rush, brother, because brothers and sisters, we're going to extend a little bit tonight because, you know, like I said, we run this. And if my brother got a few more minutes, I don't want to rush off the air. Uh the testimonies are just just draw jumping, and I and I and I I'm glad. Uh, I thank you for saying the sisters too, because our women are incarcerated, and just like the brothers, there are sisters out there that I didn't go to a woman's prison, but our sisters need servicing too, because the enemy is locking our women up, just like he's locking up uh, our men, and we have opposition, brothers and sisters. In my 20 plus years. 25, over 25 years of being in the prison reform ministry for Muhammad Moss, number 55, now in Holly Springs, Mississippi, we learned that there was an active effort by government, Senator Durbin, Senator Kirk, and Senator Peter King. They endeavored to have the Nation of Islam specifically removed from all federal prisons because the prison that I service and still service is a federal prison, and they and they worked to try to get us out of that institution. So uh, we want you to know we got opposition, as Brother Kenneth has said clearly. We need your support, and uh, this is a very, very worthy ministry. So we're not going to extend it too far. I just wanted to make sure we got the last bit in. Brothers and sisters, thank you all for tuning in. Any parting words from you, Brother Kenneth? Uh, no, sir, brother. I just want to thank all the brothers that called in and all the listeners. And um, if you didn't catch it or you just caught a uh, part of it, uh, normally uh, Brother Shahid, uh, he edits and makes sure everything's good. Uh, hopefully uh, before the night, we'll the first thing tomorrow, we're going to post uh, the complete uh, podcast of tonight yes. so you can listen to it. And if you enjoyed it, uh, get it. Get the podcast, excuse me, and share it with someone because they need to hear these stories. Hmm. They need to, to hear what was said because it's going to take us. Yes. When I'm talking about us, us as black people, man, to solve our own problems. So once again, thank you. And uh, thank you, Brother Shahid, for yes, having the uh, audacity but having your own platform. <laughs> our <different> own. <laughs> our own platform. Hey, this is a family platform. And that we can get our stories out. We got to get them out, Brother Kenneth. And in the coming days, brothers and sisters, I want to announce, um, we need support and financial because I've been doing this just straight out of my pocket and the, and the, the general donations of the believers of the Holly Springs Mississippi Study Group, uh, that those that have been donating and helping. But we want uh, more support and a partial of the support will be used for our ministry in Holly Springs, as well as all of our ministries, including the prison reform. We also want to make sure, brothers and sisters, you support those that support us. Support the Urban Indulgence Bath and Body Boutique. Just log on, the www.theurbanindulgence.com. They support us, and we want you to support it also. We want to make sure, brothers and sisters in Holly Springs and in the surrounding cities, immediate to Holly Springs, subscribe to the final 
Call newspaper. We will deliver it right to your door. Just call us at eight. I'm sorry, six six two two five two eight nine nine nine. If you would like a subscription to come to your home, and uh, of course, tune in to the Mississippi on the Move podcast every Thursday from seven p.m. till eight thirty p.m. And don't miss us this Saturday at five p.m. We will be hitting the air. We will be broadcasting live from Senatobia, Mississippi, at the 6th Annual Black Liberation Movement Building Power Summit, along with another brother who is partly responsible for Mississippi on the Move, our brother, Patrick Lumumba Alexander. So, Brother Kenneth, we're going to land the plane tonight. Brothers and sisters, thank you for tuning in, and we're going to leave you as we came before you with the greeting words of peace of Assalamu alaikum. Mississippi on the move. Let's go. Mississippi. 